Hello and welcome to Victoria's Living Christian Center's Victoria's Living Podcast. Victoria's Living Christian Center is a church that strives to stand for goodness and is committed to encourage and show a better way. A church whose vision is to see God's people living a victorious life. This is accomplished through community outreach, education, healthy living, and support groups while still providing spiritual growth. Our goal is to meet the needs of man, spiritually as well as naturally. So welcome and enjoy. Good evening and welcome to Victoria's Living Christian Center Gospel Bible Chat Room. This is Pastor Ruth Gardner. We are gathered tonight and we are ready to start our new series. In the beginning, going through the book of Genesis, and we have our very own prophetess Patrice, who will be uh, presenting the lesson on tonight. So we're going to open up in prayer and the next voice you're going to hear is our very own prophet Patrice. So let us bow our heads. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for watching over us and keeping us. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we are come together. We are here to hear from you and to learn of you. God, we pray that you would just uh, touch the presenters on tonight touch prophetess lord god in her body we actually give her strength give her energy father any pain or any discomfort she is feeling in her body father we pray that you touch her right now in the name of jesus father we pray that you give her clarity of thought father we thank you lord god for this vessel we thank you for the sacrifice that she has been that she has made for this uh, evening. And Father, we pray that you would just help us to draw our hearts and our minds in to focus on what you are saying, to hear what you are saying, and to learn more of you. Father, we give full attention unto you and unto this lesson on tonight. We come against every distraction. We come against every spirit of chaos. Father, we come even come against any type of uh, uh, electrical or or uh, virtual social media errors and glitches in the system and in the f- platform and in the format. Father, we come against it right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you. We thank you for keeping us and blessing us and covering us. And we uh, want to say thank you once again in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Bible study chat room. As we begin our study of the book of Genesis in the beginning, which is pronounced in Hebrew, Parash Bershit. Parash Bershit is in the beginning. And we're going to start our um, study off with um, our overview. And the overview is going to go through chapters 1 through 11. We'll probably review this every week just to get familiar with the frame of the book. And uh, hope you enjoy
And then there's chapters 12 through 50, which zoom in and tell the story of God and just one man, Abraham, and then his family. And these two parts are connected by a hinge story at the beginning of chapter 12. And this design, it gives us a clue to how to understand the message of the book as a whole and how it introduces the story of the whole Bible. So the book begins with God taking the disorder and the darkness described in the second sentence of the Bible, and God brings out of it order and beauty and goodness. He makes a world where life can flourish. And God makes these creatures called humans or Adam in Hebrew. He makes them in his image, which has to do with their role and purpose in God's world. So the humans are made to be reflections of God's character out into the world, and they're appointed as God's representatives to rule his world on his behalf, which in context means to harness all of its potential to care for it and make it a place where even more life can flourish. God blesses the humans. It's a key word in this book. And he gives them a garden, like a place from which they begin starting to build this new world. Now, the key is that the humans have a choice about how they're going to go about building this world. And that's represented by the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Up till now, God has provided and defined what is good and what is not but now God is giving the humans the dignity and the freedom of a choice. Are they going to trust God's definition of good and evil, or are they going to seize autonomy and define good and evil for themselves? And the stakes are really high. To rebel against God is to embrace death because you're turning away from the giver of life himself. This is represented by the tree of life. And so in chapter three, a mysterious figure, a snake, enters into the story. The snake's given no introduction other than it's a creature that God made. And it becomes clear that it's a creature in rebellion against God, and it wants to lead the humans into rebellion and their death. The snake tells a different story about the tree and the choice. It says that seizing the knowledge of good and evil are not going to bring death, that it's actually the way to life and becoming like God themselves. Now, the irony of this is tragic because we know the humans, they're already like God. They were made to reflect God's image. But instead of trusting God, the humans seize autonomy. They take the knowledge of good and evil for themselves. And in an instant, the whole story spirals out of control. The first casualty is human relationships. The man and the woman, they suddenly realize how vulnerable they are. Now, they can't even trust each other. And so they make clothes and they hide their bodies from one another. The second casualty is that intimacy between God and the humans is lost. So they go and run and hide from God. And then when God finds them, they start this game of blame shifting about who rebelled first. Now, right here, the story stops, and there's a series of short poems where God declares to the snake and then to the humans the tragic consequences of their actions. God first tells the snake that despite its apparent victory, it is destined for defeat to eat dust. God promises that one day a seed or a descendant will come from the woman who's going to deliver a lethal strike to the snake's head which sounds like great news, but this victory is going to come with a cost because the snake too will deliver a lethal strike to the descendant's heel as it's being crushed. It's a very mysterious promise of this wounded victor. But in the flow of the story so far, you see this is an act of God's grace. The humans, they've just rebelled. And what does God do? He promises to rescue them. But this doesn't erase the consequences of the human's decision. So God informs them that now every aspect of their life together at home and out in the field, it's going to be fraught with grief and pain because of the rebellion. 
all leading to their death. From here, the story then spirals downward. Chapters 3 through 11, they trace the widening ripple effect of the rebellion and of human relationships fracturing at every level. So there's a story about two brothers, Cain and Abel. Cain's so jealous of his brother that he wants to murder him. And God warns him not to give in to the temptation, but he does anyway. He murders him in the field. So Cain then goes on to build a city where violence and oppression reign. And this is all epitomized in the story of Lamech. He's the first man in the Bible to have more than one wife. He's accumulating them like property. And then he goes on to sing a short song about how he's more violent and vengeful than Cain ever was. After this, we get an odd story about the sons of God, which could refer to evil angelic beings, or it could refer to ancient kings who claimed that they descended from the gods. And like Lamech, they acquire as many wives as they wanted, and they produce the Nephilim, these great warriors of old. Whichever view is right, the point is that humans are building kingdoms that fill God's world with violence and even more corruption. In response, we're told that God is broken with grief. Humanity is ruining his good world, and they're ruining each other. And so out of a passion to protect the goodness of his world, he washes it clean of humanity's evil with the great flood. But he protects one blameless human, Noah, and his family, and he commissions him as a new Adam. He repeats the divine blessing and commissions him to go out into the world. And so our hopes are really high, but then Noah fails too, and also in a garden. He goes and he plants a vineyard, and he gets drunk out of his mind. And then one of his sons, Ham, does something shameful to his father in the tent. And so here we have our new Adam, naked and ashamed just like the first, and the downward spiral begins again. It all leads to the foundation of the city of Babylon. The people of ancient Mesopotamia, they come together around this new technology they have, the brick, and they can make cities and towers bigger and faster than anybody's ever done before, and they want to build a new kind of tower that will reach up to the gods, and they will make a great name for themselves. It's an image of human rebellion and arrogance. It's the garden rebellion now writ large, and so God humbles their pride and scatters them. Now, this is a diverse group of stories, but you can see they're all exploring the same basic point. God keeps giving humans the chance to do the right thing with his world, and humans keep ruining it. These stories are making a claim that we live in a good world that we have turned back that we've all chosen to define good and evil for ourselves, and so we all contribute to this world of broken relationships, leading to conflict and violence and ultimately death. But there's hope. God promised that one day a descendant would come, the wounded victor who will defeat evil at its source. And so despite humanity's evil, God is determined to bless and rescue his world. And so the big question, of course, is what is God going to do? And the next story, The Hinge, offers the answer. But for now, that's what Genesis 1 through 11 is all about. I wanted to make a correction on the, um, the audio. We're going to stop at 10 minutes and 51 seconds, not 649. Sorry. 1051. Okay, so you want to you want to go to that now? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Because we're going to actually go um, have it read ch um, chapters one and two for our hearing. All right. Let me. Uh...
Oh, be nice about that. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And God said, Let there be a vault between the waters, to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. And it was so. God called the vault sky, and there was evening, and there was morning, the second day. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place, and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land, and the gathered waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Evening, there was morning, the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them serve as signs to mark seasons and days and years, and let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day, and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. 
There was evening. There was morning. The fourth day. And God said, Let the water teem with living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth, across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea, and every living and moving thing with which the water teems, according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number, and seal the water in the seas, and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, Let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creatures that move along the ground, and wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Feel the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth, and all the birds in the sky, and all the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth, and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. 
The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river watering the garden flowed from Eden. From there, it was separated into four headwaters. The name of the first is the Pishon. It winds through the entire land of Havilah, where there is gold. The gold of that land is good. Aromatic resin and onyx are also there. The name of the second river is the Gihan. It winds through the entire land of Kush. The name of the third river is the Tigris. It runs along the east side of Asher. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will certainly die. The Lord God said, hmm. It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, Ah, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. The man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. The serpent was more. Amen. Well, that was a lot, huh? Could you all hear pretty good or no? Yes, I could. Okay, awesome, 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 awesome. There was a lot in that, huh? So, and we're going to dig a little deeper in this. So, in the Hebrew Bible, we talk about, um, we always oh, talk about the names of God. I know that um, Pastor Ruth is always talking about the names of God. Um, but in chapters one, chapter one, one, without even mentioning the name of God, it, it talks about the spirit, it talks about God as all in one, it didn't separate it. So here in the Hebrew thought, is his name is Elohim, right in this passage of scripture. And it's because that you're looking at his identity and that he's a provider, he's a creator. And so that the Hebrew, um, the Hebrew tradition 
is to call him Elohim. You didn't ever call him God. They never spell the word God. It's always G with a line and a D because there's no, you don't have any vowels in the Hebrew language. And plus, you're not supposed to call his name. You're not supposed to pronounce his name. So that's why you never hear um, in Jewish tradition, um, even with, um, I think it's, uh, oh God, what's that friend's name in Delaware? He calls him Yah, but you never hear them say God. And that is why, because his name is sacred. Um, and that we're not really good enough to call to really say his name. Um, um, but the Greek word, you know, we talk about Genesis, the origin in, in the beginning. We talked about the um, Prashara, Prashit, which is in the beginning. Um, and so we see that how God forms the universe. And I love that on this particular um audio is because it's kind of dramatic and you can hear how God is creating and God is creating something out of nothing which is called ex nihilo and that's spelled x-e-x dash n-i-h-i-l-o ex nihilo something out of nothing it was dark it was chaotic and God creates and he forms the light and he separates the heavens, he separates the earth, and then he goes in to create the vegetation. What I love about this is that um, a lot of vegetables, we always talk about when did man start eating meat? But in the beginning, we were eating fruits and vegetables. We were vegetarians, we were vegan. <laughs> so our bodies were created to be vegan, and that's something. Um, but when you get into... Um, the creation story and how he how he had Adam named there was no one to excuse me when he created the the garden there was no one to work the garden nothing had grown yet but it hadn't rained because everything was coming up from the ground all the all the fruits and vegetables were being watered from the ground up and that's why when we get into the story of Noah people didn't believe it was going to rain because they had never seen it before and so when Adam, he tells Adam that, you know, he creates him and then he tells him to name and what he tells him to name the animals and all. Then he gives him a help and he puts him to sleep. You know, he says, bone in my bone, flesh in my flesh, you know. And so when we look at Adam is, is, the, is the, the pretense of Jesus, right? Adam, Adam is what he's called in, in the Hebrew. It's called Adam. He says, and then in the, um, in our uh, overview, he said he created these things called human beings. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> but in, in the very beginning, he starts telling us about how we were created and why we were created. And then we were created out of his image. And that's why it's so befitting to us to understand who we are in God. Who are we? What are we about? Because we are created in his image. And that's why when people start changing the way they look and different things, there's a, a big uproar. It's because God created us just as we are. And people are saying, well, if you change you know, your identity, that means that you're changing. You're saying that God is a liar and that he made a mistake. So that's a whole other argument and topic for another time. But um, I just love the fact that God is so perfect. And even how we celebrate um, and honor the Sabbath, even God honored the Sabbath. There's always been um, an argument about when the Sabbath was and, and um, you know, as Christians, as Baptists, we know we, we said it was on Sunday, but it's actually Saturday. Um, and so that's a big uh, um, uh, theological argument within the church itself. But 
at the end of the day, we know that in the beginning, God Elohim, he created the heavens and the earth. And then we say he moved, his spirit moved. It was one person. It wasn't just, just it was God and then a spirit. It was God and the spirit moved and hovered over the earth. And so when we see that he creates something out of nothing, that gives us hope because he thought enough of us to reach down in the dirt and mold us. When he started creating, he just called, he called and, and when he spoke things into existence. And that's why it's so important for us to speak life over ourselves when and positivity, speak life over yourself that your words have power. God is showing us that in chapter one. He spoke and things came into existence. And then he told Adam to name the animal. So then he called, this one was a horse. And I thought it was funny. He said, you're a horse, you're this, you're that. And he named them one by one until he created his help me. And that's where we end in chapter two. But what's so profound is to know that God is our creator. He creates all things. And that even what we're dealing with right now, God already knew from the beginning when he was creating the world, when he was speaking things into existence, he already saw, and I mean, as you saw in the, um, the overview, we, we messed up from the jump. We didn't even get a chance to get, I mean, we didn't even get a chance to have a whole good relationship. We started messing up from the beginning and it separated us from the very beginning. It's something that he did not want. But if you notice that he put the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the center, in the beginning, God always gave us choices. We can worship him. We could be with him. And if we don't, if we choose to go our own way, we're going to die. From the beginning, it's never changed. And I thought that was so powerful. It has never changed. He always wanted us to be in relationship. And even as you saw, we were messing up in, in chapters three, four, five, and six. And then eventually he gets to covenant with Abraham, trying to bring things back. Sorry about the motorcycle in the background. I live in the city. So, but um, trying to bring things, trying to bring us back to him. All he, everything he's done is always been to bring it back to him. And we learn that through all the prophets that we study. Um, over the last months that each prophet had a voice and was just trying to bring us back, get us out of sin. And in the very beginning, they just started jumping off and doing their own thing. They said, well, we invented this thing called a brick and they started making bricks and they started doing all these other things that we'll learn later. But I just think it's so amazing about God that he created us to have relationship with him and to enjoy the earth and the beauty of it and to eat and to work the land. But as soon as we got a chance and there was, there was a choice to make, we make the wrong choice. Never thinking about what we talked about on Saturday, never halting to make the correct decision to stay in right relationship with God. And so that's what we learned from chapters one and two. I didn't know if anybody had any questions or wanted to expound on anything, but that's kind of the gist of what I wanted to go over and how and showing us how in the very beginning, God gave us a choice. He created us to work the land. He gave us a choice, good or evil, the knowledge of good and evil. And we know what happens later. And we'll learn that next week in the chapter three. And as more, as we get into more of these chapters and, and we'll start symbolizing and showing the patterns and the generational um, 
issues that take place from generation to generation. And then we wonder why our families have issues from generation to generation. Things were never resolved. That's why it went on to the next person. So um, that's what I have for chapters one and two. I didn't know that if anyone had anything to add, um, any comments, but um, I just wanted us to hear that. And if you, if we're not um, in agreement to continue to listen to um, the Bible experience, I'll just find another form that's not as, as graphic with all the music and all that. I, sometimes I know that could be a little distracting, but I love it because I can hear the sounds in the background. I'm like a little kid, like, tell me a story. But in any event, <laughs> that's what we have for this week um, in reference to the creation story and the fact that Elohim is God and the spirit and there's no, it is no disconnect. It's the same person. Amen. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, mm -hmm. is it Elohim, God, mm -hmm. and the Spirit? Mm -hmm. Genesis and the other, 1. And the other uh, term you gave us, ex, ex, ex nihilo, created something out of nothing. Can you spell that again? Yes, E-X-N-I-H-I-L-O. H-I. Ex e nihilo. E-X-N-I-H-I-L-O. Hold on, let me see my notes in my book, child. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Lord Jesus, hold on. <laughs> E-X-N-I-H-I-L-O. Something out of nothing. E-X-N-I-H-I-L-O. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much creating something out of nothing. Yes, that's what God did. And now, okay. And then we learned the word, the, the Hebrew word for Genesis was Rashit. B apostrophe R E sheet, like on the bed. B apostrophe R E S H E E T. Yes, ma'am. That's Genesis. Mm -hmm. In the beginning. In Hebrew. Genesis, the beginning. No, par Parasha. Bershit is in the beginning. And that's spelled P A R A. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to get some get some terms here because you got some good. I like this. I, I do. Okay. You got some good ones. Okay. Go ahead. What's it in the beginning? P A R A S H A H. And then Prashit. That means in the beginning. Okay. Parashat sheet is in the beginning, and that's referencing Genesis 1, 1 through 6, 8. Mm -hmm. Can't wait till we start getting into these families and relationships, and we're going to talk about this because we know we got our own situations and stuff, but we get to see um, how one person's sin, if not addressed or not dealt with or insecurities, whatever, can roll down to the next generation because you only know what you know because you're taught how to, you know what I mean? Um, and you, you emulate what you see and they people live this life. And so um, I just think that's really important. But I, um, I just think that the study of Genesis is so important because... 
it sets the stage and we, you know, when we get into all the prophets and all that, and, and we, you know, before we even get to the Exodus story is this is what was happening. You know, um, um, I want you to, um, there's a thought process um, about Cain and Abel. Mm -hmm. And I want to see if y'all know what it is. You want you're asking is that now or you want mm -hmm. to well you can you, you can dig into it but the thought process about Cain and Abel and it's actually found in Genesis 4 1 and 2. Okay so I don't want to know now I want to wait till we get there. Okay all right <laughs> But just put a pin on that, okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna put a pin on that. Yeah, because you should. My Bible is all written up and marked up. It's crazy, but um, I just think it's so important for us as Christians to understand. We get so caught up, you know. Sometimes we memorize the scripture and we're all over the place, and you know, we can, you know, prophetically we can say this, we can say that. But do we understand the beginning, who God is, and how we play a part? Our, the, how he created us and how we play a part in our own jacked upness because we never make the right decision. Right. From family to family, generation to generation, he's always given us choices and we always pick the wrong thing. From the gate, out the gate. <laughs> <coughs> Any questions, comments? Yeah, we do. That's why it's important that we trust God and we follow the leading of the Lord mm -hmm. he leads us and guides us and that's where the problem is we don't we don't we make choices without referring to God or, or without asking God because God is not going to stray us wrong right God, and we all we also make choices based on our flesh too right we talked about right. that last week right mm -hmm. so and that's why we that's where we err. And God is trying to tell us, you know, I've given you the 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 option, I've given you the 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 power to choose, but I'm hoping that you choose the right thing, but we're not choosing the right thing. So that's I why choose, I, he's like, choose me, choose me. Right. He's like, okay, come on, come on, come on. Oh man. And then even when he said in the um the the Bible project when he talked about it, he said that, you know. God created his world that was perfect. Mm -hmm. and, but we jacked it up. Mm -hmm. All the murder and sin and everything. Yeah, mm -hmm. we just came up in there and ran amok. We, we ate from the tree that we were forbidden to eat from. And that was, like he said, it was a spiral downfall from there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So it's like, you know, yeah. And so God sent his son to give us one last opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, get it right, y'all. <laughs> right. And, get it and, right. Because he knows that in our flesh dwelleth no good thing. Mm -hmm. He knows that. But it's like that, that inner, inner conscience, that inner drive, that heart thing that's inside us. That mm -hmm. moral compass, you can say, mm -hmm. that's what he's hoping that we allow to direct us, not our flesh, 
you know, not what we, you know, not not moving in in that 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 that, that arena of flesh desires and mm-hmm. pride of life, the lust of the flesh, the love, the lust of the eyes, you know, those three things, those three things mess us up every time. And mm-hmm. hoping that we detour from that and just trust him. Mm-hmm. Because we, ne- we 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 know we never halt. We never halt. We want what we want when we want it, and we want it now. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that microwave society. But yeah. it ain't, you know, and and really, it's that. And like I was saying, I, I don't know who I was talking to, but I posted on Facebook. I said we have to realize that we no longer live in a microwave society. It's like stuff is slowing down, even though time is speeding up. Mm-hmm. Slowing down, and he's giving us a chance to slow down and make decisions slow down and make wise decisions think about you what you're doing and he's allowing us to do that but we are still not seeing it we're not getting the picture that you know god is slowing stuff down and that's what bishop showell was saying last week i was listening to her and she talked about why do you think the pandemic came he needed us to stop mm-hmm. he needed to stop he said y'all he said he said y'all acting like y'all was missing church but before the pandemic you wasn't going to bible study you wasn't doing she had me cracking up, but she said he needed us to stop mm-hmm. and pay attention. And yep. said now people are running to church because they miss it. But at the same time, it has your heart changed? Has your heart posture changed? Mm-hmm. You know, not just running up in there just to be in there, but has your heart posture changed as you watch God move through this pandemic? Right. Wow. Yep. It's amazing. I thank y'all so much. Um, just for being consistent and being patient because my life has been upside down for the last couple of months and I really appreciate you all um, with your understanding. Some days I'd be like, oh my God, please. I see the old, because they just sent an email today. We are mandatory for the rest of the week. I'm like, I was so trying to hurry me get off that computer today. Mm. Just to try to, I was like, I cannot miss Bible study. It's Genesis. I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting. I was excited, <laughs> but I was tired at the same time. But um, I just, I really, really have to say thank you because um, you know, in another church, they be to kick you off the, off the, off the, off the uh, assignment. Be like, you know what? You ain't, you're not, you, you don't mean to do this. You don't, you know what I mean? You're not consistent, whatever. But life shows up, and life is life. But. I just had to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. It means a lot. It means a lot to me because I take studying very seriously. I don't mess with that. So. You're welcome. Thank you. Kumbaya. (laughs) (laughs) I was so sleepy. (laughs) I would pass and say, well, Jesus left the building because I'm I'm laughing. Yeah, I'm uh, acting silly. The Holy Spirit uh, has lifted. <laughs> yes, the Holy Spirit has lifted. Yeah, I thought you was gonna go in the song on Tuesday. Was it Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday. Uh, I was like, if she don't start singing, because she was talking uh, about the songs and class, she was getting it. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, you know what I'm saying though. <laughs> what I was saying, you know, that you know, we oh those songs, those songs. Yeah. We, and it's so funny that you mentioned that because Elder Joy and I have kind of like been going down memory lane and playing them old songs, like them old songs. Like she was playing Marvin Sapp now. Um, never would have made it, tore her up. 
um just those old songs like uh they just like been like stirring like it's it's those songs that you haven't heard in a long time and then all of a sudden it comes across like fred hammond i've been listening to fred hammond and i love fred hammond i love his his uh the spirit of david cd <laughs> and glory to glory cd i just love it and plano's you know, kind of just stir that spirit man up in you, you know? We started our little choir rehearsal the other day. <laughs> yes, yes. The beat went by the, let me, let me, let me stop this right now. Good night. <laughs> My camera cut on, I look crazy. Good night. Ruth just started recording again. Yeah, I wanted, to, I wanted to go ahead and dismiss, I want to dismiss in prayer. So, um, Elder, okay. can you, can you dismiss this Joya in prayer, please? Thank you, Lord, for tonight. Thank you, Lord, for this for the word. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to come together once again to, to study and to learn of you on tonight. Father, we thank you for our teacher. We thank you for using her. Father, we thank you for the sacrifice. We pray that you would bless her for her sacrifice. Father, I pray that you would, as she rests tonight, I pray that you would give her a, a good rest. Let her have good rest so that she can get up ready for and prepared for work on tomorrow. Father, I ask that you would be with us throughout the night. Cover us under your blood. Father, let us not wake up to any bad news, but Father, when we wake up, let us find things all well. And I pray, oh God, that you would continue to keep us, cover us under your blood, keep your people, keep our children. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You all have a good evening. Love you guys. All right. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you for joining us on tonight. We pray that you are encouraged and inspired. If you desire to be a blessing to the ministry, you may do so by sending a love gift to www.paypal.me forward slash VLCC or through our cash app, which is the dollar sign VLCC Life. We also invite you to stop by our website by clicking on the link. May God bless you and may your day always be victorious.